Hello everyone, welcome back to Draco's Den. We are here recording another episode because we are still under quarantine and I have the time to do this shit. Today I chose a topic that kind of was suggested to me actually by my brother Jeremy. But um, I had been putting off for a while waiting to see if he was going to join. And then as I was scrolling on Facebook yesterday... The topic popped back into my head, and I realized I have my own shit to say on it, and I can do this topic again down the road with um, other friends, family members, whatever, that want to weigh in on it, but today, in this quarantine edition of Draco's Den, we're going to discuss toxic family members, specifically me dealing with my own toxic family members, and I'm going to throw an advisory Early on in this episode, I have my own way of dealing with toxic relations. I'm not going to say that this is necessarily the best way for everyone else to deal with their toxic relations. This is simply how I choose to deal with them and how I intend to continue dealing with them. And I don't personally feel that it's wrong for me to deal with them in this way. But I want to say this is not me necessarily giving advice. This is advice that you, this is me sharing my story and it happens to kind of be like giving advice. And if you take it, you take it. If you don't, you don't. Everyone has to deal with this type of situation in their own way. So again, this is how I, Draco, deal with my toxic family members. And this is some of my backstory my other addendum, because I know there's a possibility that some people are related to me that actually listen to my show, which is great. Continue listening to my show. However, if you happen to have a extremely high opinion of certain family members of mine, you know, because you don't deal with them on a regular basis, you know who they are. You know a little bit about them. You know the side that they show the outside or the extended family. You're not necessarily going to like some of the things that get said about them in this show. If you have this picture-perfect idea of especially some of the older generation in my family and you would like to keep that, you may want to skip this episode. Because I don't believe in holding things back. I don't sugarcoat things. I'm going to say some things that might piss you off if you happen to love certain family members of mine. So keep that in mind if you decide to continue listening to the show because I am going to speak my truth, not the delusions that certain family members that are supposed to be closer to me portray to the rest of the family because they don't want everyone else to know what kind of shit human beings they really are. All right, so now that we've gotten all the warnings out of the way, we're going to get into the heart of the matter the subject matter, me and how I deal with toxic family members and take what you will from this particular story, but I just feel the need to talk about it. Now, once again, this topic was a suggestion specifically from Jeremy. I always take suggestions and I take them from where they come from. Um, if the idea sounds appealing to me, I'll take it right off the bat. If it requires a little bit more research, well, you have to be supporting the channel in order for me to take time out of my day to do in-depth research for a topic I wasn't prepared to do. But this particular topic 
speaks very true to me. And I'm going to let, you know, Jeremy tell his story on a future show because he has a different experience and a different kind of toxic family members because we're not biologically related, obviously, if in case you haven't figured that out, but we have known each other so long that he has become a big brother to me and we act as brothers do. So by all, for all intents and purposes, we are brothers, but biologically speaking, we come from very different people. So I'm going to let him come on and tell his story, but it got me thinking when he suggested it, you know, I have my own story. I have plenty of toxic family members around and The extended family may not realize just how toxic my so-called, I guess, core family members are. And I'm going to throw this out here. This is in no way, shape, or form referring to my mother. My mother is not the toxic one, (laughs) okay? I don't refer to my little sister as a toxic one, all right? And I'm mainly addressing my mother's side of family because that's the side that I really grew up with. If anybody from my father's side of family happens to be listening, y'all get to pass this time because, I mean, let's be real... I've only intermittently been around dad's side of the family. And if anyone wants to know why, go ask ask him, ask me. I don't care. We'll get into that on another show. But this is going to refer to my mom's side. And there are a couple of things that need to be understood here. There's a lot of bullshit, apparently, that happened in my and with my grandparents. It needs to be stated that my grandfather, the man I call my grandfather, is not biologically my grandfather, but he is the man that raised my mother. So he's who I always knew as my grandfather. That being said, he is the biological father of my mother's two younger brothers. That plays a big part in my story. Um, I'm not going to give too much of mom's background, but what you do need to know is that my mom is the oldest and... It was responsible for doing a lot of the raising of her younger siblings. And my grandparents were not always the best parents. There was a lot of shit in their past that happened long before my time. So I'm not really going to speak too much on that one, but let's just say the toxic bullshit that I deal with from them. There, There's clearly a source. There's a back source of it because I'm not the only one that dealt with it. Now, since I mentioned my grandparents, we're going to start with that. I am the first of their grandchildren. And apparently, this seems to still be a source of great aggravation to my grandmother because she was made a grandmother before she was 40. However, it should be noted that my mother was 19 years old and was not technically living with my grandparents at the time that I was conceived. Just want to throw that out there. She was not financially dependent on them. And she and my father made a conscious choice, apparently, to make me. So I was not an accident. I was not a result of sneaking around. My mother was living on her own by that point in time where I was conceived. But my grandmother holds a a grudge because she wasn't quite 40 yet. Again, my mother was 19 when I was born. So it's a bullshit excuse. The problem that I see, and I will go ahead and point this out, there's obvious favoritism in the family. And I didn't notice this for the first five years of my life, five and a half years. I was almost six years old when it started to become apparent something wasn't right. 
Because at that point, I was no longer the only grandchild. That is when the first of my grandfather's biological grandchildren came around. And as more came in, we could notice the difference. There's a very different way in which my little sister and I are treated versus how our cousins are treated. Which is sad, and you would think that the worst of it would come from my grandfather, being that we're not biologically his, but no. The most toxic individual in this dynamic between those two is my grandmother. Who, by the way, I'm going to point out, I am biologically descended from. There's, there's no muddying the waters there. She gave birth to my mother. My mother gave birth to me. Therefore, we are related by blood. However... She was never grandmotherly. And I'm going to point this out, too, as, as I go through this. I've looked, I've talked when I talk to friends, when I you know, look on Facebook, and I see most people have a much different relationship with their grandmother than what I have with mine. Our relationship is not a loving relationship. I've never felt that from her. I feel resentment. I feel disdain for the most part. That's what I felt. And I am 32 years old. I will be 33 in October. And that's all I've ever felt from this woman. Even when I was younger, I I did not feel particularly loved by my grandmother. Ever. She was not a normal grandmother. I can add further fuel to that little bit of fire, you know, She never treated me the way that most of your grandmothers probably treated you. She wasn't a doting grandmother, a spoiling grandmother. She wasn't the type of grandmother that would interfere if my mom was about to discipline the children. My grandfather is to an extent, but my grandmother was never that way. She's mean. She's spiteful. Quite frankly, in my eyes, she's quite evil. The things that she says, the things that she does are evil and hurtful and hateful. This is my truth. Again, if any of my family members are listening and y'all happen to be tight with uh, my grandmother, whatever. Keep in mind, this is what I had to live with. You don't live my life. You see one side of her, I see a totally different side of her. I have so many memories of this woman being hateful, mean, abusive even. Not necessarily physically, but mentally and emotionally, certainly. I recall long before I understood my own sexuality, which, yes, we can say we're born in the sexuality we are, which I heartily agree with, and we come to realize that sexuality a lot earlier than what we think that we come to realize it. However, before I could put a name to what I was, because I'd never heard the terms gay or bisexual, homosexual, whatever, but you know what I did know? I knew the very offensive way of calling someone that I learned the word fag very early and it was always offensive. And the first person to call me that was not a kid on the playground, wasn't one of my male friends. It was my grandmother. Very first time I was ever called a fag was by my own biological grandmother. The grandmother I was around the most. Keep in mind, also, to add some more to this, I 
went to school from her home from kindergarten all the way up till uh, the end of fourth grade. When fifth grade started, my mother switched us to the school district where we lived, which means I was at her house every morning, ate breakfast there, and back there in the evenings until my mother would get off work. You know, I caught the bus from her home to school and back to from school to her home. I'm around. My, the majority of my friends that I actually play with are, they live by her. But she was the first one to call me out of my name. And she didn't think I heard it. She told someone one day that I run like a little fag. First person to ever say that word to me. And I didn't quite understood with that, uh, understand what that meant, and I had to go ask a question. But I knew better than to go ask her. So I asked my best friend at the time, a guy named Michael, and he was, a, he was just a little bit older than me, but he's an only child, and he just seemed to, at that point in our lives, be a little bit more mature, so he knew what it was. So I understood very early on that that was a derogatory term and then my grandmother was the first one to call me that now mind you i've heard that several more times from other people since then and it while it pisses me off and it is a fighting word sure it's not hurtful until it comes from somebody that's supposed to be an elder now when we go on from there mind you i mentioned that you know from kindergarten to fourth grade i was constantly there in this house, you know, during the week before and after school, this is where I was. And as I got older, I realized something too. My grandmother didn't keep me for free. She didn't even keep me at a discount. Like my mother always had to send food, which, okay, fine. I'm a kid. I eat. I'm not her kid. But she also had to pay my grandmother to keep us. And it wasn't exactly a discount. You know, and my mother having to work the jobs that she had to work at one point in our lives after I was no longer going to school from her home and we switched into my regular school district, my mom switched to a job where she had to work nights. At that point, I'm in fifth grade. Yes, we could stay home alone, but it wasn't the most ideal thing to do. But during the week, it's what we did because my grandmother was not grandmotherly. She wasn't loving. And of course, she didn't want to have to take us to and from school. She did it for a little while that first year. She had to pick us up from school because there was a weird thing with mileage so they wouldn't let us ride the bus, but it was a really long walk, so on and so forth. It didn't go well. Actually, no, that wasn't the first year. I, I lied. That was the last year I was in that school district. It was in, it was in seventh grade. She would have to come get us from school. And she made, again, my mother had to pay her for this. And she made such a big fuss about it. Like it was such an inconvenience. Mind you, at this point in my life, I don't think my grandmother worked past the first grade for me. After that, she stayed home. Um, not entirely sure on the details. Really don't give a shit why. But. We always knew we weren't the favorites. 
it becomes obvious over time that she showed favoritism towards the children that are biologically related to the man I know as my grandfather over us. But it gets worse. The toxicity doesn't just stop with her or with my grandfather because it also extends to my two dumbass uncles. I have never really gotten along with them. I got along with the younger one for a time. But as I got older, things got much worse. Now, keep in mind, as they had children, these children were more often than not babysat by me. As a matter of fact, their oldest sons didn't have the sex talk with either of their parents. I had that. Because they had reached an age where they were curious and trying to explore and things needed to be explained before they suddenly got a girl pregnant and brought those said children home to their mothers. And their stupid ass fathers would have just encouraged them to do so rather than explain to them the what sex is, how it works, when you should have it, and the consequences of getting a girl pregnant and having a baby and what that entails. I had those conversations. However, I hate my uncles. Now, the younger one, again, we didn't develop a problem until later. But that first one, I have always hated that four-eyed fucker. Why? Because he's an asshole. He's the one that always wants to pick on somebody else. He would pick on me because I was smaller than him. Mind you, let's go ahead and say he was a dork and couldn't whoop anybody's ass at any point in life. Believe me, I've watched him get his ass whooped by his baby mamas. It's not like he could really beat anybody's ass in an actual fight. But because he was older, he felt like he could just kind of do whatever he wanted. So and with me, that meant constantly having to watch his kids until my mother stepped in and is like, no, if if my son's going to watch your kids all the time, you're going to pay him the same as you would any babysitter. Now, mind you, as I got older, you know, I'm attached to these kids. Like, and these kids wouldn't at one point let me go to the bathroom by my damn self. I would actually have to force them out so that I could go pee when they were around. And then they would stand outside the door and cry. This is how attached they were to me and not as much to their fathers. But me and the oldest... And fuck it, I'm just naming him. His name's Keith. We don't get along. We don't get along at all. We never have gotten along. I like his kids. I hate him. And part of it apparently may be some form of jealousy because, you know, when I came along, that meant my mother was no longer doing all the extra stuff that she would do for them because she had a baby of her own. And they were fucking teenagers at that point in which I was born. One would think they would understand a little bit better, but apparently not. And he and I just don't get along. The things he says, the things he does, like his mother, he calls me out of my name. And he's always been the source of drama in the family. He's the one that had the baby mama drama constantly going on. Baby mamas that want to come in somebody else's fight house and fight them so on and so forth. He's always the source of drama and angst and 
I don't have time for his bullshit. As I got older into my teen years, I really didn't have time for shit. And then we reached the point where the toxicity becomes so much more evident because I am forced out of the closet. Caveat here. I did not come out of the closet on my own. I didn't intend to because, unfortunately, my family was not the most open-minded of people. So I had heard that little spiel about, oh, well, if you're gay, you go to hell and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't intend to come out of the closet. I was forced out of the closet by my mother's ex-husband. They were married at the time, and he, he happened to be listening to one of my phone conversations. I had a bedroom in the basement at the time and forgot that he was in the family room across from me. And I got on the phone, on my cell phone, and I was talking to my best friend about a fairly gay situation. And didn't realize until I heard him go up the stairs that he had been standing outside my door listening. This is how I was forced out of the closet. And unfortunately, despite me asking for that to be kept within my household, it was not. Fast forward a little bit. I go off to college. I come back because the college I chose wasn't the right one for me. Honestly, college wasn't right for me, but that's a whole other story. I go to live with my grandparents because my mother had downsized. I was an adult, and I tried first living with my father, and that definitely didn't work. So I moved in with my grandparents briefly. Well, now everyone feels the need to attack. Everyone feels the need to ask questions that isn't, quite frankly, isn't their fucking business. I don't have to explain my sexuality to anyone. I don't have to explain what I get out of sex with another man to someone. However, I'm also an asshole. So I will explain in graphic and somewhat scientific detail if you piss me off enough. At this stage, my grandparents technically lived alone. So it was just supposed to be me and them. I had a, a room downstairs in the basement. There's The basement's finished. I have my own little space or whatever. I followed the rules that my grandfather set. And I had no problems. But my grandmother had a problem with me being there. Apparently she has a problem with my very fucking existence. And when you add to the fact that in their eyes I'm gay, in reality I'm bi, but it's all the same to them, oh, there's a problem. I should also backtrack and say that back in high school, because I am bi, when I dated a white girl, my grandmother hated that. And then as now that I, at that point, I'm an adult, they dating men, that was even worse. So she's racist and homophobic, but just throw it out there. But... Things begin to come to a head because, see, now I'm an adult. Now I don't have to give a shit. I can say what I want to say. So we had the problems where Keith would come to visit because at this point he didn't even live there in, in St. Louis. He lived in fucking Chicago, Indiana or something. He comes for a visit and he thinks he can dictate what's going on in the house because he wants to talk to me like I'm still a child. Mind you, I actually reside there. He does not. So then the fights begin. The arguments over stupid shit like the remote because he would walk in while I'm laying on the couch watching the TV, clearly watching TV, and would turn the channel. These are things that I don't take very kindly to. 
So, when I threatened to break a lamp across his head, and as a matter of fact, went upstairs and told my grandmother that this was exactly what was going to happen if he so much as breathed in my direction one more time, now my grandfather steps in. To his credit, is on my side, reminds my dipshit uncle that I'm the one that lives there, not him, and not to continue to disrespect me. But he, of course, continues to disrespect me until said time that I pull a knife on him because he's pissing me the fuck off and he's talking shit to my face while I'm standing there trying to cut into a chicken, turkey, roast, I don't fucking know, it was some form of meat, and he was pissing me off, so I held a knife up to his throat. This is the point that this particular uncle pushes me to, but the other one doesn't get off scot-free because not long after this, he goes behind my grandfather's back and plots with my grandmother because my grandmother's telling him all these things about how I stay there rent-free, I don't give her any money. No, I didn't give her money, I gave it to my grandfather and I had to force it on him. But her and my uncle get together, go call my mother and tell her while I'm at work at this point. And at this time in my life, I'm working two jobs because I'm not intending to stay there. I work two jobs. I'm at my second job. I have been at work for fucking 16 hours that day. And I get a phone call while at work telling me that when I leave work, I need to go to my grandparents' house and pack my shit and come to my mother's two-bedroom apartment where she, her husband, and my sister are residing and apparently I'm going to have to live on the damn couch because I'm being put out. So I go and I begin to pack things and my idiot younger uncle, Rodney, is in my face. So he gets pushed out of my face. And then I go speak to my grandfather who has no idea what's going on. Has And he has to interject and he has to remind people that it's his home. But let me just point this out here. I never forget things like this. No kid forgets any of the rude, arrogant, disrespectful shit that you say and do to them, even if they're actually an adult. Because these are the people that are my elders. These are the people that claim they're our family. These are the people that portray this image to the rest of the fucking family like they are, we were just the perfect fucking unit around here and we never were. I could go on about the Christmases where I got shortchanged because I was the oldest and I should understand. Understand what? That's not, a, that's not reasonable. Or, yeah, and, and because... Keith decided to have more kids than every fucking body else in the family. Oh, I, I should understand why I'm no longer getting Christmas gifts. No, that's not how the fuck that works. I'm supposed to understand because I'm the oldest. The oldest should just understand. Why should the oldest understand when I'm still a kid? And even going into my teen years, what the fuck is there for me to understand? I don't get anything for Christmas. I don't get acknowledged on my birthdays. My events don't mean anything because I'm the oldest. No, they don't mean anything because I'm not biologically related to my grandfather. What the hell? And it doesn't even make any sense because, again, the worst of it comes from my grandmother, not my grandfather. Although he ain't clean in this either. I could go on and on about all the events. Uh, the, the Even this year, this past year, my birthday comes around again. 32 years old. Clearly my birthday is on the same day every fucking year. Nobody's birthdays change to my knowledge. Yet my grandfather elects to call me two weeks after my birthday. And on his voice message has the audacity to say to me that my birthday slipped his mind. 
And because my birthday slipped his mind in his own, in his own words, it slipped my mind to call his ass the fuck back. I have been berated. I have been questioned. I have been talked down to. My accomplishments are not acknowledged by this family. It was not acknowledged by them when I graduated college. It's not acknowledged by them that I have published not one, not two, but eight damn books. It is not acknowledged by them that I am a foster parent. Not in a positive way, anyway. It is not acknowledged by them that unlike Almost all of their grand- other grandchildren, except for about three of us, I take care of myself and children. And I don't ask them for shit. These are the things that never get acknowledged. But I'm supposed to act like we're some big happy-ass family when I have spent my life having my own grandmother and my jackass of an uncle call me a fag to my face and behind my back. Talk about the way I I run, talk about the way I dress, talk about the way I talk. Especially when I was younger, I was a lot more proper when I spoke. And I'm still somewhat proper, it's just every now and then a little bit of slang or hood comes out. But I'm from St. Louis, so you pick up things. Point of the matter is, everything I did, they pick at me for. They picked at me for being a nerd. I liked comic books. I like cartoons. I still like comic books and cartoons and video games. Oh, I'm weird. I was always the weird child. And yes, in their mind, I had an imaginary friend until I was like eight or nine years old. I didn't have an imaginary friend. I just didn't have anyone my own damn age to play with sometimes, so I play by myself. I'm a writer now. I have an overactive imagination, and I like to create shit. These are the things, just, just uh, the, the tip of the iceberg, really, of the things I dealt with just from these people. And I don't deal with them anymore. And some people feel that I'm a little wrong for that. Now, after the drama that was the attempt to put me out of my grandparents' house, I, and and the drama with Keith with the knife being held to his throat. And no, I'm not exaggerating on that one, and I don't really give a shit. I did what I did, and the only reason he still walks, lives, and breathes right now is because his father stepped in the middle of us. Because I fully intended to stab him that day. This is how much I've dealt with from him. Again, the constant name-calling, the constant putting me down, the calling me the fag, the nerd, the weird kid, the, you know, telling me that you know, I should be doing things other than what I was doing. Like, I should be with girls. Well, to be fair, you fucking dipshit. If you were a nicer human being, you would actually already have known by the time you started bitching at me about these things. I'd already done that. Repeatedly. Several times over. But you didn't take the time to get to know your nephew because you're too busy being an asshole. And you thought that I would never fight back, except for the fact that you never won a fight that I've ever seen. No, I take that back. You won one fight against a woman. A much a smaller woman than you. So I have no reason to be afraid of this person. I have no reason to be intimidated by him. And I also have no reason to respect you because I've never seen anything worthy of respect. You will notice I don't call my uncles Uncle Keith and Uncle Roddy. That's because they never told me to. And 
the other kids, the other grandchildren do call them uncle. And the other children have asked me before, why don't you call them uncle? They told me not to. They were just Keith and Rodney, you know, until they started having children of their own. Well, that doesn't change how I view them because I view them both as assholes. I view them as toxic. And when it makes it worse now as I've gotten older, you know, after getting removing myself from a situation and going back to another college and then from there, you know, bouncing around until I, I've got my own place. I kept I was responsible enough to take care of myself at all times as an adult, really. Yeah, I had a couple of setbacks where I would, you know, maybe have to go stay with somebody for a little while. But those setbacks didn't last long. I always found jobs. I always got back on my feet. I always got my own shit. Something that neither of the two of them can really boast of that much because they've always been so dependent on their damn parents. And this is where the toxicity of my grandparents continues because, unfortunately, while they were so much harder on my mother, so my mother was still is determined to be entirely independent, these two dumbasses are totally dependent upon their parents, and at this point, they're in their 40s. They both have been back home for years. And even before they moved back home, daddy paid their rents, daddy paid car notes, daddy paid car insurance, daddy went and got cars back after they got repoed for Keith twice. This is where the toxicity gets a little worse in my mind, because not only did you raise two total assholes of men they're actually not men they're boys and they're 40 fucking years old and they both have several children but neither of them are capable of taking care of said children you know at one point my grandfather paid Keith's child support still maybe actually not entirely clear on that don't really give a fuck at this point but in in from what I know of the family history, my grandfather spent too much damn time running the streets, running around fucking other people and making other children outside of his marriage that um, other people may not know about, but we certainly fucking do. He was too busy gambling at one point in life. Did a lot of drinking. A whole lot of womanizing. And he was abusive as fuck. To his kids. All of them, actually. But he also didn't take the time to help his children actually grow into men. To explain, you know, his own mistakes or, you know, give them enough information to know not to make the same mistakes that he made of, you know, getting involved, getting sexually active and having kids way too damn early. Time after time after time, they they would do shit to fuck up and know that daddy was there to bail them out. Literally, sometimes, because he's bailed them out of jail. You know, daddy's going to, again, I, I said, he paid car notes, car insurance, paid rent, utilities, all that shit. And this is when they were, when they were still here. You know, my grandparents left here back in... 2008, I think. They left St. Louis and they moved back up to North Carolina. And they're up there. My uncles were still here in St. Louis and my grandfather pays the rent. Buys some cars, 
his car knows when you know if they have one, which Keith did have one and got it repoed because he was sending them the money, and he had to come down here and get the car back twice. He's again paid their child support. He is raising two of Keith's kids right now because Keith lives with him, but damned if he can do things for himself. His determination when he was younger to do nothing but run the streets and he would come home and, and, you know, after he had been at work, whatever, and he did work. My grandfather always worked. He worked one job longer than I'd been alive. He worked for Ford. He at least managed that. He didn't manage to pass that ability off to either of his sons, but he also didn't pass the ability uh, of actually being financially responsible in any way, shape, or form to them at all. Again, he raised two dependent little boys that will run to daddy at the first sign of trouble. They still do. Again, they're in their 40s now because I'm 32. They're pushing 50. My grandfather's in his 70s. But you have these two jackasses that will still run to him. Now, to the rest of the extended family around there, they like to to portray this idea that we're like this close-knit unit. And in reality, I don't talk to these people. I don't want to talk to these people. The, the only reason they still have my phone number is because I refuse to fucking change it. It's been the same number for like seven or eight years now. I don't really want to memorize a new one. But I don't like these people. They don't like me. They don't like the way I look, the way I act, the way I dress, the way I talk, the way I live my life, the way that I live my life openly at this point. Because since I was forced out of closet, well, fuck, you can't really force yourself back in. And long run, it was it wound up being a good thing for me because I am authentically myself. I don't fear being who I am. And I've had to bring, you know, I brought one of my sniffing others around. They've only met the one. They haven't met uh, any of the others. And to be honest, they won't meet any of the others because I just don't like these people. We, it, this family, these people in the family have this idea of what goes on in this house, stays in this house, and it is so detrimental. It is so toxic. So while we have, you know, my grandfather was abusive to his children. What goes, what went on in his house stayed in his house, no matter how bad it got. Even when he was allowing lights to get turned off because he gambled away an entire paycheck, things like that. And then as I came into the world, what goes on in this house stays in this house still applied. No one else knew all the little drama that Keith would bring around. The fact that I'm not the only person in this family that has damn near killed this bastard. Because he provokes that response out of you. Because he will take you to a level that you normally would not go. But he is such an irritating, shit-talking little bastard who can't fight. And then there is the betrayal of my younger uncle. And the thing about him is my younger uncle, Rodney, has Crohn's disease. And he treated me the way that he did. But after that time period, when I was on my own, his Crohn's hit 
His parents aren't here. He's staying with his baby mama. She won't do anything for him. He's sitting at her house hungry. Who does you? Who do you think he calls because he's hungry and he just needs to go to the store? And who do you think, despite the fact that I can't stand him, got up and went and took him to the store? Went in the store, got the shit for him. Took him back and made sure that he was going to eat. See, that's the the worst part about the situation is they'll call on me if they need something. He was down now. Nobody else would help him. Of course, he calls me. I'm the only family he had there. And he stayed here for several more years. And he would contact me, but it was always because he wanted something. And even now, when he come, when he decides he wants to come for a visit, he always wants something. At this point, my uncles are, at least one of them, Rodney is, is a damn drug addict, and it's debatable that Keith is too. But that what goes on in this house stays in this house thing continues with my little cousins because there are behaviors that go on in this house that I'm not going to go into the terrible detail with, but there is abuse within this household between the children. They're, they had already been through way too much because of the, uh, you know, who their father is and who their mother is. And additional things have gone on in this household that are going unreported because what goes on in this house stays in this house. We have children that are totally disrespectful towards adults. Disrespectful towards my grandmother, which... (laughs) This is what happens when you show favoritism, just saying. Because this grandchild, despite you not being grandmotherly, when I started working and I got my very first job, Mother's Day... When I bought my mom a gift, I bought her a gift. A gift that was never worn. It was some little necklace or something. And was not appreciated. But the sons that you dote on so much never buy you anything. Never really acknowledge you on Mother's Day, your birthday, Christmas, none of that. And then when I was living with you and you had your little moments where your you know sugar as you call it because she's diabetic will get a little low it wasn't your sons that went to mcdonald's to get you a sunday or to the gas station to grab you a candy bar at fucking two in the morning that was me the grandchild that you constantly call a fag the grandchild that you would then try to put out because i wouldn't give you money but I was giving it to the man of the house who was paying all the bills and having to force it on him. And in the, the case of my grandfather, the forgetfulness at this point, I don't forgive. The things that went on within his eyesight, the things that he as the leader of the family should have been correcting and setting an example for, he was too busy doing other shit to correct, to put in line. He allowed it to happen. He heard my grandmother call me out of my name. He heard my uncle do so. He never said anything until I became old enough to actually stand up for myself. And when he realized that I could actually break his child in half, now he wants to step in. But even still, I got another one of those little lectures about how I was going to hell. And quite frankly, I could go on for hours about the ways in which they'll be sitting on a rock next to me, that fucker. But I'm the bad one, right? 
See, I'm at this point, I'm the black sheep of the family. I don't talk to any of these people. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to see them. The last time I went down to go visit my mother, I outright refused to go see my grandparents. Why should I? They don't want to see me. When they contact me, it's kind of putting on an air. There is no love in this family. There is only toxicity. That's all I get. And I have this thing. I don't like toxic people. I don't like toxicity in my life. I don't like bullshit. So I cut myself off. I just have to hear about this shit because my mother still deals with it. Because, as she says, you only get one mother, no, no matter how bad she is. Because she certainly wasn't a very good one, and she damn sure isn't a good grandmother. You know, I don't have it in me to put up with it. And even as they're getting older, and they're getting sicklier, and people are like, well... Don't you want to? No. Let me ask something. When I've been at my lower points, do these people ever call and check on me? That uncle that I helped go get food when he could, when his baby mama wouldn't help him and he was staying in her house and he couldn't eat any of her food. When my luck turned around a little bit later and I wound up, you know, I had my own place, but I no longer had my own car. And I had to go to work. But in order to get to work on time, when I would have to be there at 6 in the morning, I would have to wake up at 3.30. Rain, sleet, or snow and go get a bus. And the bus did not come directly in front of my apartment complex. I had to walk two miles in either direction to either get to the Metrolink, which is the train station, or up to... The, the closest main street to get on the bus. Either way, my trip every day that I went to this job, I'm up at 3.30, maybe 4 o'clock, so that I can be on the bus, on the train and then on the bus to get to this job, work from 6 to 2.30, leave, have to catch said bus back and the train, and then walk back to my apartment. So I was always gone from 4.30 or so in the morning till about 6.37 at night. Said uncle had a car. Said uncle does not work. Said uncle wasn't doing shit. Do you think even when it was snowing or raining or any of that, he offered to either come take me to work or pick me up from work so that I could get there safely? Absolutely not. But when he was in need, who did he call? Ah, see, I prefer not to entertain them anymore. So this means, since they have my phone number, when they call, I ignore them. And most of them are actually blocked. I didn't block my grandparents, and the only reason I didn't block the main house number is just, just in case anything were to go wrong with my mother and they find out before me, this way they can get hold of me. But fuck them is the general feeling here. See, when you deal with this all of your life, for the first 20, 21 years of your life, after that, I no longer want to deal with them. So 
And then you still see the favoritism. Anytime you kind of crack and you you allow them back in, so you try to share good news. So when I graduated from college and had a graduation ceremony, now I don't give a shit if you fly all the way up here. That's regardless. But I was promised a gift. I graduated college in 2014. My grandfather promised to send me a gift. It's 2020. I still ain't got that fucking gift yet. A couple years before that, my grandfather sent money by via my mother down here for the younger grandchildren, but told me that because I was over 18, I'm grown now, so he doesn't give the grown ones money anymore, but he was sending money to a grown one who just so happened to technically still be in school because he flunked. Just go ahead and admit that you don't want to do for the grandchildren that aren't biologically yours anymore. At this point, it's kind of glaringly fucking obvious. There's so much shit talk. There's so much more interwoven here. There are problems between my grandparents because their marriage was toxic. Their marriage never should have been in the first place. There's so much between them that we can't even really get a full fucking story on. But there's infidelity on both sides. There is, you know, the issue of my grandfather having children outside of the marriage. There is the the fact that they weren't even married when everyone else in the family thinks they were married. They weren't actually married until sometime in the fucking 80s. But everyone thinks they got married back in the 70s when they had my first uncle. Whoops. If any of the family is listening to that, ha I don't give a shit at this point because I don't understand why it's a big-ass secret. And there's just so much more. So much more. But now we come to the point where my grandparents are old. Getting sickly. Um... And there is a real fear among those that give a shit that their time is coming to a close. Here is where I get to upset some people. I was asked in the event that one of them were to pass right now during all this coronavirus shit, would I make my way up there for the sake of my mother? Here is my response. Fuck no. I love my mother. All my heart. Queen of my life. However, I have additional responsibilities right now. In addition to myself, I raise children. I have a child who is immunocompromised. The worst thing I could do would be to take him across state lines. He can't even, at this point, go visit with his biological parents under the court order, it had to be amended because they live in Illinois, we live over here, and we don't want them crossing state lines and going back and forth between houses and and, and increasing the chance of him becoming infected. So if I'm not even letting him go over to Illinois to visit his fucking sperm donor, why would I take him 900 miles across country for a funeral for someone who does not give a flying fuck about me? And has proven repeatedly over the past 32, almost 33 years that she never gave a fuck about me. 
And if my grandfather were to go, the same thing applies. If they happen to go in this time period, no, I'm not coming to the funeral. Now, if after all this passes, you know, whenever they, if they pass, then yes, I'll make the trip up there. But I'm not even making the trip up there specifically for them. I'm making the trip up there to kick the shit out of my uncle. Just to be honest. You can't expect me to talk well of these people just because they're old. You can't expect me to talk well of them once they pass because they pass. No. If you're a fucking asshole in life, you, you're still an asshole after you die, okay? I'm not going to gloss over and act like we just had this wealth of great times. Like you were fucking grandparents of the year or the century or whatever. Grandparents of a lifetime. No. You barely qualify as grandparents. I call you that, and at this point in my life, it's kind of me being nice because you've done other things that grandparents do. You weren't the type that wanted to come get us on the weekend to babysit us and take us out. Or No, we didn't have particularly great times together. You constantly call us out of our names. You Even still, you call us out of our names and you talk down about us. And you want us to come see you? You want us to call and check on you. And for the record, I get constant flack from my grandparents because they're like, well, you can call us sometime. I could, but why the fuck would I? To piss myself off? In addition to that, I have a household to run. And I have people in my life that actually give a flying fucking shit what's going on with me. So instead of me calling these people that for 32 years have basically made it abundantly clear they hate the very fact that I was fucking born. Instead of calling them, I'm going to call the people that are grateful to see me. That are glad that I still draw breath on this earth. That are glad that I was actually conceived and made it into the world. Those are the people I choose to concentrate on. I'm not going to concentrate on these people because they are quote-unquote my grandparents. We're related by blood, but I don't consider you family. There's a difference. It's a very fine difference. Some people may not agree with this philosophy. And hey, that's you. If you are the benevolent type of motherfucker that forgives all the past transgressions and will go and sit by somebody on their deathbed that has treated you like shit your entire life, more power to you. I, however, don't want their energy in my atmosphere. Now, you know, there's a reason that I kind of thought to do this show by myself and just kind of talk about it, because I am in therapy with both of my children. My 13-year-old, we go to therapy because that's how we build our relationship for him to actually return home and try to make this his permanent home. The youngest child is in trauma therapy. But the 8-year-old's therapy wasn't what triggered this conversation. It was the 13-year-old. Because she did an activity with him where she asked him to draw who he considers family. In the picture, he drew, and he drew in a stick figure. This isn't a detailed, you know, he's, he's not like a super artist or anything at this point. These are stick figures, but so he labels them. So he put me, himself, and my eight-year-old, which is cute. Now I'm going to throw a little, little information in here just because... I find it interesting. He actually drew me 
a distance away from him and the eight-year-old instead of drawing us all in you know one area i am clearly separate from them read into that which you will i can interpret that a number of ways I kind of see it as I'm the adult, I'm the authority figure. I don't operate on the same wavelength as him and his foster brother do. Which, that's fine. We'll see how that goes. But, in in this activity, of course, he shows me this picture. Now, apparently, I was also supposed to do this activity, but nobody fucking told me I was supposed to do it, so I hadn't done it. But my other thing with that is, I'm like, okay, I would also have a lot more on my picture. And no, I am not referring to these toxic-ass motherfuckers that I've been speaking about this whole show. Absolutely not. No, they would not be pictured anywhere on there. However, if I were to do a depiction of who I consider family, of course, my mother would be there, my sister would be there, my niece, all of my nieces would be there. And I have a lot of those. Apparently, everybody that's all everybody can give me is fucking nieces, apparently. So... For me, a picture depicting my family would include most of my foster children, with the exception of one. Just and actually, I could probably include him in there, but whatever. So I would include my foster children because even if they're not with me, I still had them for a time. I have a bond of some sort with each of them. How strong their bond is is up for interpretation. But then I have the old, my oldest god niece, who I have been helping to raise, and she's almost 16 years old. Then I have Kit, you know, who was on the last show, her children. She has three daughters. Those are considered family to me, too. Then my foster kids, I have each of my friends. So there's Kit, there's, you know, my brother Jeremy, there's my sister Kia, there's my sister Lashara, her sister Erica, so on and so forth. Like, to me, the depiction of family would be fairly large, because I have a, a family that I have created for myself because the one that I was born into, with the exception of my mother, was the drizzling fucking shits. And my sister. I love my sister. We don't talk on a daily basis, but there's never a point where that brat thinks that I don't love her or that I think she don't love me. We butt heads, but we love each other, right? So aside from us two... Everything else that I'm literally related to on that side of family is the drizzling fucking shits. So, the family that I would depict would be all these other people, right? But, of course, therapists notice I don't mention somebody. And I point out that the way that my children see my father is very different from how I see him. Because it's very different from how I grew up with him. He's grandpa to them. So, of course, he's doing what grandparents do, mostly. Doing the kind of, you know... My father is not... um, With the kids, he's more joking. Like, he'll come talk to them when I'm about to lose my collective shit and beat the sleeves off them. He will come talk to them. But he does it in a calmer way than when I'm going to do it because I'm the one that's pissed off. Because I'm the one that has to deal with them. He'll watch them, you know, he'll take them to, you know, get breakfast or dinner or whatever. You know, he does the standard grandparently kind of spoiling them type of thing with just enough of letting them know he will fuck them up if he has to. It's very different than what I see. 
And as I was describing my relationship with my father, which at this point, if he's listening, hell, he knows what it is. So I'm not exactly, you know, being super revelatory here. But our relationship is not always the best. We are not the closest, despite the fact that I look almost exactly like him. The facts are what the facts are, and my mother did the job of of primarily raising me. So there are issues between my father. There is trauma from my past that comes from that general direction. So he and I sometimes have a rough time seeing eye to eye. And... Also, you know, I take things even more personally when they are involving my kids. So whereas I can deal with a broken promise, when you break one to them, I have a problem. Especially with the 13-year-old who handles it so much worse than the average child when you break your word to him. Also, he nags the ever-loving fucking shit out of me for when you tell him something he thinks he takes it literally. So if you tell him that you're going to come see him that evening, by five o'clock that fucking evening, he is on my nerve asking when the fuck you are coming to see him. But whatever. Point of the matter is, while we were in his therapy, you know, I was talking about the fact that I am so protective of my kids and that I am more so bordering on overprotective in who I will allow around them because of the things that I've been through in my past. And this doesn't even just relate to my issues with my dad. It it relates even more so to my grandparents and my stupid-ass uncles. I refuse to... as, As I bring these foster children in, and especially the ones that are likely to be adopted, I will never just let them think that I have this perfect fucking family, that I have this perfect relationship, and these individuals that I am biologically related to are going to be this strong source of people that they can get used to seeing. No, in fact, I've outright told them, these motherfuckers here, my uncles and my grandparents, you pro- if you meet them, it'll be because I feel like being nice that fucking day. And... Actually, my 13-year-old has met Keith. Because, see, now when he comes into town, he tries to do that little family shit. So now he wants to come by and, oh, I just want to see how you're doing and, you know, check up on you and all that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I mean, I'm fine. I'm alive. I'm actually fucking spectacular compared to you. And you can still piss up a rope. But at the time that I had my 13-year-old here, I did allow him to come meet him. But I forewarned him. I said, this is my uncle. I hate this man. After this day, you probably will not ever see him again. And if you do, it'll be as your father is on the way to jail. Because this is how much I dislike him. And generally, we don't communicate well. Three to five minutes in his presence, and normally I am about to strangle him. Made it a little longer that time just because he didn't over-fucking-stay as welcome, and I had a kid here to set an example for But as I explained to therapists, I have issues with most of my blood relations. Now, my my children have a relationship with my mother despite her being so far away and not being able to meet them in person. But they can video chat and talk on the phone. They have a relationship with her and she can even call and talk to them and let them know that their father is about to go fucking ape shit on them if they don't stop doing what they're doing. 
She might say it in a slightly different way, but she has that sense of authority. The same authority that mom has over me, er, er, always had with me to get me to fall in line, she kind of has over my kids, which is great. Strange, because she's so far away, and they've not met her in person yet, and they're not fucking prepared for how she will deal with some of the things they do. But she has that relationship with him, and, and she's a source that you know would be in my depiction of family, obviously. She's my mother. But I'm like, the rest of my biological family, I would put my dad on there because my dad will help me with them. He and I have personal issues sometimes, but when I've asked him to watch my eight-year-old, you know, except for recently I haven't asked him, but the times that I have asked him, like, Dad, I just need a break. I need to go out. I need to do this. Like, I need a moment, especially because he knows I'm doing this totally solo. He doesn't have a problem coming to watch them, coming to get them, coming to talk to them and, and help reason with them and explain to them in a way that is not yelling at them why they what they did was the wrong fucking choice. But when it comes to these other people, because as, as, whatever issues I have with my dad, you know, the issues with them are worse because I dealt with them so much more regularly. I'm not going to deal with these people. And I, I just feel the need to keep anything that I know is a toxic situation. So that means, you know, people that I know called me out of my name. So if you called me a fag, what do you want to call my 13-year-old autistic child? Are you going to call him retarded? Because he has, you know, sometimes you have to repeat things to him. Or you have to say things a different way, even though you're saying the exact same thing, for his brain to wrap around it and understand it. So are you going to talk down on his mental ability? It's not that he, first off, he's not retarded. Secondly, it's not that he can't or that he doesn't want to understand. Sometimes you have to explain things a different way to make him do so. If you have an autistic child or autistic family member, you understand what I mean you have to work on the level that they understand things. So in my eyes, I'm like, well, if you call me this for the way that I was born and mine is related to my sexuality, how are you going to treat my child who was born autistic? How are you going to treat my other child who already has a traumatic past? How are you going to treat any of the other children that I may get that may have a variety of issues? I might get another one with autism. I, hell, I, what happens if I come across one who is mildly or severely retarded? I don't know that I agree to take any of the severely retarded ones, but just saying in the event that I do, you know, I, I've had, uh, all of my kids have ADHD. Um, I have the autistic one. I had one with Asperger's. I mean, if you couldn't speak kindly to me and I had done absolutely nothing to you and the only thing different about me was my sexuality, I can't exactly count on you to speak kindly to my children with differing mental conditions. You know, I have an autistic child and, you know, and said autistic child is also bipolar. a fucked up combination, obviously. But how much worse would you treat him? So as I explained to her, you know, I made a choice not to deal with these people, and I made a choice to build a family that A, is supportive of me, and B, 
will be supportive of them. Now say all that to say this. My way of dealing with these toxic family members is to fucking get rid of them. I refuse to allow people to come into my life that I know constantly entertain nothing but drama. People that have talked down on me, on my sister, on my mother, for no reason. People that I know are jealous of what we three can do without their assistance. We're all independent. My mother, my sister, and and I, we all can take care of ourselves. We know how to be alone. We know how to be single. We know how to get shit done without having a man or woman there to help back us up. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Y'all hear how I talk. And I have other, you know, flaws to my personality, and I realize that. Some of them I'm working on, and some of them I don't give a shit about. Point of the matter is, I don't want to entertain these blood relations who don't ever seem to mean me well. And and there's always the argument, someone always tries to argue, but y'all are family. No, 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 no. We are tied by blood. We are not family. I had this ish, this argument with my ex because he was one of those that felt like no matter what, you know, you stick by these people that you were born to. Fuck that. I was, I didn't get to choose the family that I was born into. I couldn't have chosen a better mother if I had tried. But I certainly could have chosen better grandparents, better uncles. I don't... I'm not one of those that preaches that forgive and forget shit. I don't even preach forgiveness. Fuck you. If you screw me over, I ain't forgave shit. Just to be honest. Just to be perfectly honest in case anyone that's listening has ever fucked me over, I ain't forgave nothing. I certainly didn't forget it. I don't forget being disrespected. I don't forget being mistreated. And I don't forgive any of it. I've moved past it because I have a life to live that does not include these people. They don't see what goes on in the day-to-day in my house. You know, of course, they have no idea the, the amount of stress that I sometimes am under dealing with my children, nor do they understand the reward that I get from having these children. They don't understand or know my reasoning for choosing to be a foster parent rather than a surrogate or just settling down with a woman and making kids biologically. They don't understand my reasoning, and they don't need to. They don't know the names of my children, really. Sure, I told my idiot uncle when he visited what my oldest child's name was, but I guarantee you he does not remember. These are not people that call to check to simply see how am I doing. To truly make sure, like, oh, you're still, you know, alive, are you happy and healthy and all that. No, that's not the type of family we've ever had. If they call me, they want something. Whether that something is information, food, money, whatever the fuck, and I don't give money. And I don't feed them either. I am not 
apologetic for the way that I feel either. I'm not apologetic for the fact that I'm going to continue to cut these people out of my life. I'm not apologetic for the fact that I'm not going to rush up there if they fall ill or, you know, for a funeral. Why? I'm not going to go there and, you know, especially if it comes down to a funeral and they decide, oh, well, you're her oldest grandchild, so you should say something nice about this woman and and speak at the funeral. No, if I speak at the damn funeral, I'm going to tell the truth. What's that I was saying? Tell the truth and shame the devil? Yeah, I'm that one. So unless you want a whole lot of unhappy people, I'm not the person to speak at the funeral because I'm not going to sit there and tell glowing ass stories about, oh, I remember this time when she did this wonderful... No, fuck that. I remember the time where she put me out of the damn house or tried to put me out of the damn house simply because I'm the grandchild she didn't want and I also happen to be queer. That's not what y'all want to hear. So don't ask me. And don't expect me to rush up there for, for these things, especially during an epidemic. I'm not coming. Now, is she actually on her deathbed? Don't think so. So I don't foresee this being a, a particular issue. But if something were to suddenly change, no, I'm not rushing to North Carolina to have a discussion or to attend a funeral, sit by deathbeds, no, no, I'm not doing any of that. And I don't apologize for feeling that way. Now, what others in the, you know choose to do, that's, that's on them, but I've made my wishes abundantly clear. You can inform me of what's going on, because I guess it'd be nice to know, but don't expect me to react in a way that, you know, indicates sadness or you know, remorse or fuck anything other than, oh, okay. Because that's the best you're going to get out of me. I've even said, you know, if I gave more of a fuck, I would do more in the situations that I see that are going on in my grandparents' house regarding my stupid-ass uncles and one of their children and so on and so forth. But that requires me to muster up the energy to give a flying fuck, and I don't. So, sucks to be them in that sense, but I don't intend to include any form of toxic family member just because they we happen to share blood or be related by marriage. I'm not going to include them in my life going forward, haven't been including them in my life, and I don't intend to add them to my life. I am only going to maintain for these children, especially for the sake of these children that I raised who already before I got them had endured enough trauma and neglect and abuse. I am only bringing people around them that I trust. People that I trust not to add to that abuse, that neglect, that trauma and to trigger them. And I also want to only keep people around me that don't trigger me. So my solution to dealing with the toxic family members are to cut them the fuck off. When you're an adult, that's fairly easy to do. Block numbers, change numbers, whatever the fuck you gotta do to just not deal with them. That's my solution. That's Draco's solution. Now that it's, And again, I said that that's how you deal with it as an adult. It is much harder to advise how to deal with that as a child because you can't. I can't tell you, well, you don't deal with them. You're a child. You're probably stuck with them. 
unless they do something that warrants, you know, children's division to intervene, you're kind of stuck dealing with these, whoever you're born to. But once you are an adult, feel no remorse for cutting the fuck out of your life. Because I feel none. Absolutely none. And no one can make me feel any. I'm not going to change my mind. And trust me, there have been other toxic individuals that I've cut out of my life and I didn't feel bad about it. I still don't feel bad about it. And a couple of them have passed away and I still don't feel bad about cutting them the fuck out of my life before they pass. I don't anticipate that feeling changing with these relations that I don't deal with, don't want to deal with. I had enough of them the first 21, 22 years of my life. I am 32, going on 33, and on into 42, 52, and however many other twos I live to see, I have no intention of dealing with these people any further. I dealt with them enough. Okay, so that being said, I've kind of wrapped up my little ranting on my dealings with my toxic family members. I kind of just felt the need to get this off my chest because, like I said, it kind of came up as a suggestion and also came up more directly at this point because of the therapy session I had with my kid and realizing that, you know, by being asked the question and having to answer why I react the way I do towards, you know, my family members, this is why. This is why I'm so determined to keep toxic people away from my kids. And, and I mean, I can't defend them from every toxic individual in the world, obviously. And I can't even defend them, you know, entirely from toxic individuals they happen to be related to. Um, in the case of the eight-year-old, um, don't have a choice but to continue dealing with his bio family. Um, which, speaking of which, I should probably give an update on that one. So, I think I might have mentioned it in um, my last episode, but in case I didn't, um, they're still planning on the eight-year-old returning specifically to the sperm donor. And this is why I say I can't really protect from all of the toxicity because in this case, I have to deal with courts not really acting in the best interest of the child, but assuming that the best interest of a child is always to be with one of their biological parents, which that is true more often than not, but in this case, it is not. But I don't get the luxury of actually, you know, saying that and actually being heard. I can only shield my children while they are with me if it is deemed that they need to return to biological parents that are not exactly the greatest, but will do the bare minimum that the court asked them to do as far as stuff they had to turn into the court. There comes a point where my hands get tied. So I can only show him, you know, what's right and wrong during the time that I have him and, you know, show him a better path while I have him and hope that he retains some of this as he unfortunately must return to an environment that is 
far more toxic than the one that I attempt to provide here. But while he's here, I treat all of my foster children as my actual children because I don't really see the need to split hairs. I don't refer to them when I introduce them as my foster sons. I refer to them as my sons, even the blockhead-ass teenagers when I had them. So while they're here, my determination is to have as few toxic people around them and in their life as I can manage and to try to mediate the damage from the ones that I can't avoid because of idiotic court systems telling me that I can't avoid them and not actually paying attention to what's going on and what's important, but only paying attention to, well, I told this parent that they need to have a drug test and pass it three times in a row in order to get these visits or I need them to take this parenting class. Okay, but did you take the time to ask, is this parent actually forming a relationship with the child or trying to repair the relationship that they damaged? No, you don't ask that. You just assume because they were, you know, born from this asshole that there's, they should be better off with them, and that's not always the case. But whatever. This is how I deal with the toxic people that I've been born to and that I don't. I don't talk to them, I don't call them, and I don't intend to call them. And generally, I can't remember the last time I actually answered a phone call from a single solitary fucking one of them, and I don't intend to start any time in the near future. That being said, we're wrapping this show up. I'm going to revisit this topic with guests because there are definitely people that I know that have more insight into this particular topic. And perhaps their own methods of coping and dealing with toxic family members. So in the coming weeks, count on another show with some guests that might weigh in. They might feel differently. They might feel the same. I don't know. Haven't talked to them in depth about the situation yet. I just know that I want them on the show and to give that additional perspective on dealing with this type of situation. That being said, I'm going to wrap this up. Y'all know the play. If you want to give me any suggestions, if you want to ask any questions, and sometimes your questions turn into topics, honestly, feel free to send them to me on any of my social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or on my website, dracosden.com. As usual, if you want first dibs on making suggestions for show topics, especially the ones that are a little bit more difficult that I can't just rattle off the top of my head about, then... First dibs go to those who use that support link on Anchor to support the show and keep it moving. That being said, until whenever the next time I sit down to record a show, which may, as a matter of fact, be later tonight, it might be tomorrow, who knows? I will see you all later. <laughs>